Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Coming up this week, we'll be talking cricket as Indies prepare to make their debut in the Champions League of European cricket. We're going to give it a good crack. We're going to go and try and win it. So hopefully we can do Guernsey proud and all the rest of the teams in Evening League One. We'll also hear from the island's new director of cricket about what's in store for our representative sides this summer. Trying to have a series of fixtures, you know, a third of which should really stretch us, a third of which should be very evenly matched and a third of it third of them we should be kind of in a position where we could dominate plus we've got an interview with local driver craig robert ahead of this weekend's guernsey rally you know i just thought why not i'm just going to give it a go yeah once you've done one you just think oh this is brilliant and you just want to do you know more and more we'll also reflect on some of the sporting stories of the week i'm tony kerr and with me as ever, it's the Guernsey Press Sports Editor, Gareth Abrevo. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you, Gareth. Um, lots going on this week. Um, lots to look forward to. Uh, but let's start with the big moment of last weekend, the visit of National League Giants Blackheath to Foots Lane to take on um, the Raiders. And a spirited and impressive performance the home side um, produced on the day, um, going down 7-17 against a side who look absolutely certain to uh, go back up from National 2. Um, Jordan Reynolds, director of rugby, was um, pretty pleased uh, afterwards probably about as happy as I've ever seen him after a defeat, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's very rare for him to be, um, be so proud of a side after they've lost a game. But um, I think he pretty much had every right to be in that in that scenario. I mean, Blackheath are they're sort of almost runaway leaders now of National 2 uh, East that we're in. Um, they are pretty... I think I've wrote my report, they are a National 1 outfit in all but name now. They, they will get promoted this season. They do look um, absolute quality. They're sort of one of the best sides I've seen come over here. Um, I, I, funnily enough, I was at the away game as well this season and, and you could just tell that the clinical nature of their rugby is, is something to behold, really. But yeah, on Saturday, I thought Guernsey sort of stood up to that um, challenge really, really well. They, they put their bodies on the line. I'm sure a lot of their bodies are still suffering now, sort of several days after the event. Um, but it really was a, a real physical battle. Um, yeah, the, the intensity that... Um, that Blackheath brought to the game was something that was very obvious from early on and it just lasted the, the 80 minutes. Um, I think I was, I was saying to Jordan afterwards, at, that, at this level, most people tackle you to stop you. Um, Blackheath tackled you to push you backwards and that, that was sort of like the big difference almost. It was, it was just the relentlessness of their defence. Um, funnily enough, on the day, I, neither side's attack quite executed as they would have wished. Um, in fact, I thought the Raiders' attack probably looked more threatening. Um, they were willing to be brave. They were willing to sort of throw it wide to see if they could uh, create some space out there. And a couple of times they came close to, to breaking down Blackheath out there. Um, but yeah, um, as as the players and the coach said afterwards, um, the fact that Blackheath took a penalty kick in the last 10 minutes to make sure they got a victory, um, because there was only one score in it at that point, <clears throat> Um, it did speak volumes as to how good Raiders were on the day that they they could match um, Blackheath and, and they actually had them worried right until the, sort of like the final throws of the game. Yeah, well, let's hear what Jordan had to say to you at full time. Bit disappointed not to come away with anything from that game in the end. No, I thought you know we we fired a couple of good shots at them today and um, you know they're a quality outfit. I'm just I guess I'm I'm at that stage. I'm just really proud of what we delivered. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone gave us a chance to, to beat them. We actually believed in ourselves that we could, and I hope we've gone a long way to prove to people 
that we can do this. You know what I mean? We can be this competitive at National 2. Look, the scoreline does not reflect the game. I think them taking a penalty towards the end reflects the game. Yes. You know, that's the biggest difference in the game. You know, if we could have got a call our way today, we could have been a lot closer. We had a couple of opportunities in the first half, but um, I'm really proud in these conditions, you know, we played to width like we said we were going to, and we showed their weakness. We showed the areas that, uh, that Blackheath has weaknesses, and not many other teams have found that against them today. So, you know, really happy. In terms of what Blackheath sort of brought here, that's probably almost the most intensity, obviously. Would you say that's like National 1 intensity you were facing today? Yeah, absolutely. They'll go back into National 1 and be top four again. They're a quality outfit, you know what I mean? And, you know, even when the boys were coming off the park, they were saying, you could just tell how good they are. Yeah. They're so well drilled and they're so much bigger. You know, they're probably, they're probably weighing 15% more on top of per player. But then what I guess you've got to look at it is, I just said to the boys then, that's the difference. Like, how do we go to Bury St. Edmunds and lose 45 points when we do that? It's an attitude issue that we have at the moment. And uh, if we can get up for those games, we sit in the top four in National 2 as well. And I think that's going to go a long way to convince ourselves that we can do it. Yeah. Pretty much every one of your teams today, I would say, sort of stood up to the task and sort of rose the occasion. Anyone particularly you thought sort of stood out? Look, it was really good to, to have Dom back today. I think his tackle count must be in the 20s. Um, really dominant through there. And, you know, I, I thought there was a couple of times where they were going for breaks that he made some really good tackles. And, and having him and Kreber at the same time makes a huge difference for us. And... I think, if anything, I'd give my applause to them. Jordan Reynolds there. Um, yeah, a really uh, encouraging performance. Um, and presumably his side are going to take a lot of confidence, you know, kind of as they look to establish themselves as a kind of top half, top third National 2 side. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's just having that belief that they're sort of at the level, they belong at the level that they're at now. Uh, as we sort of said before the game, they, they probably won't ever face Blackheath again in the league um, in the league structure, or certainly not for several years. You wouldn't have thought. But um, Raiders are now sort of like they then they don't have to worry too much about relegation threats. Certainly not this season. They've sort of built a gap from the bottom five, um, but they've now got to take that next step into getting to the top half of this league. Um, I know Jordan and, and the players have been a bit disappointed to be where they are. They, they, they've been sort of hoping... To, I mean, there's 14 teams in the league, so that makes top seven the aim. They're ninth, but they're actually quite a long way off the top eight, um, as it's turned out this season. Um, but the performances like last week show that they are very, very capable of competing with anybody on their day. And it's just a case of getting that consistency um, and also... Being able to rise to that sort of level without it being sort of like the the prospect of playing a, a Blackheath. Blackheath is obviously it, it is a fixture that they would have looked at from the start of the season. They would have said, well, "When are we hosting Blackheath?" Um, they just need to sort of hit those levels, um, try and do it week in week out. The sport is such of that nature. You you are going to have weeks where you don't quite um, where it doesn't quite come off and, you, and your levels aren't quite as high. But um, from sort of like from the 26 games they'll play in the season, they'll want a few more wins than what they've got so far. So taking what they did last week against Blackheath and putting it into the upcoming fixtures will, fingers crossed, um, yeah, get them those the wins that they desire. And, and hopefully, you know, there's still quite a few more games to go. Hopefully by the end of the season, they would have sort of closed the gap on that, on that top eight. Yeah, a little way to go. Um, they go to Worthing this Saturday and then back home against Dorking, um, a two o'clock kickoff on Saturday, the 4th of March. So um, yeah, we'll be back down there for that one. Um, right, that's it for part one. Coming up next, we'll be talking cricket.
welcome back. Now it's um, a bit grey, a bit cold today, but we're already looking forward to the cricket season, um, which is uh, kind of, it's not looming over the horizon. Um, it's uh, not far away, is it now? And, and certainly as far as indies are concerned, Gareth, um, it's uh, it never really stopped because I think they've been in the nets um, probably from uh, about Christmas time, getting ready um, for their trip to Spain this week um, to take part in the European Cricket League, effectively the Champions League of, of cricket, uh, of European cricket. Um, so an exciting trip for them, following in the footsteps of Griffins, who did it last year. Um, but Indy's going there as first-time Roselle Shield winners, um, claiming the Evening League title for the uh, for the first time last summer. Um, yeah, I mean, Griffins started really well last year and sort of faded off slightly. Um, looking at the squad, Indies are able to take um, down to Spain. Uh, how do you see them faring? Well, they've certainly got plenty of ability in the squad. And um, yeah, they've got sort of some of the best firepower in any club side from Guernsey uh, they still don't quite know what it's like to play T10 and you know Griffins are the only ones who have really had that experience and because of the, the streaming of, of that competition you sort of get an idea of what it's like but actually being sort of thrown into the bear pit of a T10 tournament where you know one guy could perhaps come off in one over and you, you sort of lost the game from nowhere um, it, it is a new challenge for them it's, it's one they're definitely looking forward to I know that like you say Tony from the end of last season when they did clinch the Roselle Shield within sort of five minutes they're saying we're off to Spain next year they're, they're really looking forward to this trip and um, they they want to make the most of it they want to get through to Champions Week which will be sort of like the culmination of the, of the whole tournament um, but yeah it'd be um, interesting to see how, how uh, Indies get on and I, th I think what they need to take from it is if they lose one game sort of relatively early it does doesn't mean the end of it. They, I think in the nature of T10, every team could lose a game quite easily. Just even if, you know, even if they haven't performed badly, it's just it's just the nature of the beast, really. So um, I'm sure they'll look forward to it, and I'm sure there'll be sort of a, a couple of their sort of more notable island stars uh, looking to impress on on an international stage. Yeah, Indies. I know they're missing Zach Damerel for this trip, which is a bit unfortunate, but um, the rest of their rest of their lineup certainly their batting lineup they're very much adapt to adept to um playing short evening league games and t10 certainly won't frighten them and i think in fact just the thought of being able to go out there and sort of going at it straight from the off will certainly please the likes of um, tom nightingale etc um, just having the license to go out and seeing how far you can hit it from the off is is ideal for him and several of his teammates. Yeah, and with the benefit as well of some fantastic um, coverage, um, real high quality um, coverage of the event. Um, they're in Group A uh, alongside the, the English representatives, Hornchurch, um, and teams from Germany, Estonia and Greece as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they go um, to find out a bit more about what they're expecting from the tournament and how they're shaping up. I went down to their last training session. Jake Russell, um, middle over bowler for Indies Cricket Club. Hopefully not going to bat at all, um, but we'll have to see. <laughs> and just tell us, Jake, uh, about your involvement in Indies. How far do you go back with the team and, uh, and your sort of progress through the ranks, I guess? So I think I signed up four or five years ago, just played some Div 2 stuff. And then we got, uh, obviously we got promoted and uh, Division 1 expanded. Um, and I thought, why not give Div 1 a go? So I went up and uh, got spanked about a bit in the first season, but second season, got a few wickets and yeah, happy days. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, spent about maybe at the start, but you've been taking a lot of wickets. I think joint top wicket taker last season? Yep. Well, I always say I've got to give give a lot of credit to my boundary fielders because there was, uh, there was quite a few of those. But yeah, um, constantly looking to improve, um, coming to training twice a week. So yeah. 
And you've got a great squad that you're, you're part of as well. Um, obviously, some um, players that have, have performed extremely well for the Ireland side over the, over the years and players with a lot of promise as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you assess the strength of the squad going into Spain? Well, uh, yeah, it's pretty much full strength, apart from Zach Damerel, who unfortunately can't make it. But we've got one or two players who can come into the team. And um, yeah, it's a really strong squad. And we don't know what we're going to come up against, but we know what our strengths are. And um, yeah. Fingers crossed we can win it. Yeah, and for you, just how excited are you to be part of a tournament? You know, so many teams. Obviously, there's, what, four others in your group. Um, you don't know what you're going to be coming up against. Uh, presumably, this will be the biggest test of your cricket career so far? Absolutely, yeah. It's going to be a lottery, but, um, yeah, we know what we're capable of. And um, if we just bowl with discipline, um, you know, keep the opposition to a low target, we know that we can chase anything down. So, yeah, fingers crossed. So my name's CJ Peatfield and I am a top order batsman. Uh, my name's Will Peatfield and I am an all-rounder. And guys, getting to represent Indies on a European stage, um, just try and get across how excited you are. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's also, I think, the most exciting part is being able to represent Guernsey. Um, we're going to give it a good crack. We're going to go in and try and win it. So hopefully we can do Guernsey proud and all the rest of the teams in even League One. Well, you've been representing Guernsey, obviously, in a, in a green shirt for, for many years. Um, but to do it with an Indies badge on, effectively, um, yeah, in a European tournament, how much is that going to mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one. I've never really played European... Well, I've never played European cricket, not for Guernsey before. And European cricket in general is sort of a relatively new a new quantity. So, I mean, yeah, really excited just to get out there now. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we've been training, training for a while. Everyone's absolutely buzzing. So, yeah, just can't wait to get out there. What are you expecting from the competition? Obviously, we saw Griffins down there last year. They started well, um, but faded slightly. Do you hope to go a bit further than they did? Well, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag. And T10 cricket, anything can happen. So we're just we've got a we've got a fairly good game plan that we're going to go in with. We're going to try and field as well as possible, and then hopefully the batsmen and especially the bowlers can back it up. So yeah, uh, we'll try and win every game, and hopefully we can get through. Yeah, I mean, just on that, I mean, what CJ, what CJ alluded to there, the sort of game plans we've got in place, we've just got to make sure we execute them as best as possible and, uh, and then keep that intensity up the whole way through the innings. I mean, T10 is such a short game uh, that if you switch off for, for a ball or two, that, that can mean the difference between winning and losing. So we've just got to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much T10 experience you guys have. Who's under more pressure, the bats one or the bowlers? I mean, shorter format. I'm 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 saying this. Bowlers union. I think um, bowlers are the most hard done by people in short format cricket. Um, I mean, and I think that's just amplified in T10. I mean, people are obviously going to go out and try and whack it from ball one. So um, we've just got to make sure that we hit our marks. And you know, what all of a sudden is a is a is a is a good economy rate in a T20 match um, is would be incredible in a in a in a T10 match. So we've just got to kind of temper expectations I think and uh, and not be too disheartened if we uh, if we get hit for a six or two <laughs> but likewise CJ with only 10 overs on the board you know if you do have a few swing and misses and you're struggling to get it off the square does you know are you going to feel a bit of the pressure then well hopefully that doesn't happen to me but uh yeah we we're saying in the team meeting before one of the crucial things is just no dots um so if you're getting bogged down a bit at least try and get yourself off strike because you've got someone like Tommy up the other end or Stokesy who can smack it over the boundary. Um, I tend to think it's harder for the batsman personally. <laughs> and I know the bowlers union will disagree. But um, there's a lot of pressure to go at sort of 10, 12 and over in T10. Uh, I think the shortest format we've played thus far is probably the 100. Um, and then we're, we're playing T20 week in, week out. So 
you cut that in half and you basically got a condensed version of what we're doing week in week out so yeah i'd say it's harder for the batsmen but i know all the bowlers will disagree so <laughs> and you guys disagree <laughs> oh hardly yeah. um and you guys are um one of three sets of brothers in the squad uh traveling down Who's the most crucial set of brothers out of the three of you? So we've got the Stokeses. I mean, Matt Stokes is the most crucial player in our team by a country mile. And then you've got Ant over there who's laughing. Um, <laughs> I think if you can combine those two, they're probably the strongest pair of brothers. And then you've got the Nightingales. So Ollie's come in. He's just come over from Jersey. They're pretty solid as well. I think me and Will could probably hold our own on our day, but the form's probably a bit up and down. So... <laughs> Yeah. Do you agree with that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously we know both Stokes is a massively important. I mean, Matt is obviously a, a class bat and a very and a very clever bowler. Um, and obviously something completely different with left arm spin. And he's a 360 batsman as well. So, uh, and, you know, coupled with that, they're also gun fielders. Uh, and to be honest, it's the same with the Nightingales. I mean, that's, I think see, that's where CJ and I certainly let ourselves down as the fielding department compared to the other brothers. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think if we do well, everyone will have a, a pretty crucial part to play, and I know that's dodging the question. But yeah. I would say, I would say, if you wanna, if you wanna name the most crucial brotherly partnership, I would say Matt Stokes is probably more crucial than any set of brothers <laughs> combined. So. I'd say the Stokeses. I'd put it on the Stokeses. The Stokeses, yeah. Matt and Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Well, go well. We'll look Cheers, forward to man. following the progress and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Looking forward Cheers, to it. Man. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I'm Nathan. I'm Indies captain and open batsman. First of all, just how are you feeling about taking the side down um, for your European cricketing debut? Yeah, really excited. Obviously, it's a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, having won the local league last year, I feel like it's really, really good opportunity to go and showcase our skills and hopefully uh, play some good cricket over there. Fantastic. And just tell us about the work you've been putting in, um, uh, you're kind of ahead of it. Obviously, it's not cricket season. Um, yeah, How many hours have you been in here at the College Hall sort of training ahead of it? Uh, we've been in every, every week after Christmas, uh, once a week for an hour, um, just sort of refining our skills, you know, knowing what we want to achieve out there um, and just been practising to try and execute that. For you, Skipper, obviously it's T10. I don't know how much experience you've got in that <laughs> format, if any. Um, what's your sort of, kind of, what's your thinking? What's your focus kind of going into it? Well, uh, obviously we played a little bit of the 100 last year, which uh, we managed to win as well, which was really pleasing. Um, so even shorter than that, not a lot of time to think. We've got to be really adaptable and we know that as a side. So, yeah, lots of backup plans, um, but hopefully plan A works and we can execute that. And how would you describe the real sort of strengths of this squad that you're taking down there? Probably just the, the camaraderie between between the boys. We're all, we're all really good mates on and off the field. Um, so really hoping that team spirit pulls us through and then individually we know what we bring to the team. Um, batters, bowlers and we're a strong field, fielding unit as well. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, probably a straightforward question. What's the target? I think to reach that Champions Week would be really, really exciting for us. So to finish top of the group, that's got to be the aim. All the best then to Indies uh, down in Spain. We'll be following things very closely. Um, as far as Guernsey representative cricket is concerned as well, we know a bit more about how the uh, season's going to be looking. 
Um, we've got a new director of cricket in charge, of course, in Jeremy Frith. Um, and we've been catching up with him and Mark Latter from Guernsey Cricket to, uh, to talk about the plans they've got in place. Um, Frithy taking over at the tail end of last year um, and looking to get, um, or looking for a return, should we say, to, to sort of the fixture list that we might have seen before the pandemic. Um, more matches, more quality matches uh, at all age groups uh, and across the representative schedule. Um, Gareth and I caught up with him and Mark Latter down at the KG5 um, to find out more about how we settle into the role and what's coming up this summer. It's been very lovely to reacquaint myself with the college sports hall again and seeing the green floor and the blue walls, which uh, I have formed about 15 years of my previous life. Um, so no, it's yeah, just great to see players coming in and practicing and getting to know everyone again, and um, you know some new players that I have, hadn't seen before and some that are new to the island and starting to kind of get a bit of a picture about where we might be come the end of the year. And I know a big priority of yours has been to get that fixture list in place as early as possible so that you've got something to get your teeth into this summer. Um, has that sort of bared fruit? What, what, what's it looking like for the, the senior squads this year? Yeah, it's probably not as full as I'd like, but fuller than last one. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's come on and it's, it's always a little bit of a challenge because obviously COVID disrupted a lot of um, those historical fixtures that, that we had in place. But... Um, no, we're really pleased. We've got Hampshire bringing in an academy team in April. Uh, I think the domestic league starts the, the last weekend. We're probably going to. We were hoping to have the RAF or Armed Forces coming week, the sort of mid-April, um, but we're probably going to do another game around them. But there's there's good amount of cricket in April, into the traditional MCC visit in in May, and then kind of warm up for um, a three T20I series against Jersey with the GPL preceding that. So there'll be sort of some really competitive exciting t20 cricket before and then moving into more of a i suppose a, a 50 over focus for the second part of the year which will be um hopefully one of the armed forces teams coming um and a four or five day trip to holland to play denmark um, netherlands and um i think think potentially germany but that's not confirmed yet uh, and then international in september so there's a good if you look at it all in there's about 20 days cricket um, across the course of the year, which is a nice programme. Um, and then, fingers crossed, facilities and everything allowing will be sort of training sessions every Thursday night and, and, and trying to have as an open approach to that as we can. So if people are playing first division domestic cricket or in, in and around under-19s, they can come in and train. So we're not really thinking of naming a, a senior island squad of 14, 15, 16, but people making themselves available um, and then picking teams as appropriate really for for each each game and set of games that come along it sounds like a pretty bu busy summer i mean mark uh i suppose you can't really compare to anything for the last sort of two or three years because of the pandemic it sort of it kind of wiped everything away didn't it really but when you look back at sort of years before that are we getting is this sort of getting us back to a sort of stage where perhaps we, we once were in terms of that competitive schedule yeah i think so i think one of the things we looked at obviously jeremy was with us before when I started and he looked at the schedules then and that schedule bore us to the likes of Nightingale, Stokes, Fazakley, etc. And we're looking at our groups now and thinking, is this cricket schedule that we have forced upon us because of like the two years um, going to create another and the next match Stokes? And the answer was no. So Jeremy has obviously looked to the opportunities with his contacts to widen the scope and get it looking as busy as it used to be with the right competitive cricket at the right levels right across. So from under 11s up. So, uh, it, yeah, it's very busy. Um, but that's good. 
Yes, uh, Fritzi, you sort of mentioned also the, the return, I suppose, of the, the GPL. I mean, will that take on a similar format as to what it used to be, or is there going to be, uh, is it sort of like a, a new, new coming of it? Uh, slightly new coming of it. Lats is probably a better place because he's going to be doing the, a lot of the hard yards on it. But I think the, the, the point was that the GPL presents a really nice opportunity because we know, particularly with sort of Jersey's uh, cricket programme at the moment, it's pretty chocker and, and they wanted the games against us as much as we wanted them. But what we wanted to do is be as best prepared as we could for those. So the opportunity to create a competition that that historically has always run really, really well and players have enjoyed and um, I think the Guernsey cricket public have enjoyed as well is perfect for a number of reasons because we can put it flexibly in and around that fixture. Um, so we're looking at uh, probably a three-team tournament over four days um, with three pros coming in, but we're also going to have hopefully three young county academy players coming in as well, which works for the counties because they've got senior players mentoring some of their younger ones but also we've got that you know definite quality high quality six players coming in which really ramps up the overall standard of what we're going to try and do and gets us in a good place so we know that if we pick from that tournament or use that tournament as some sort of basis for selection the players would have had a really you know robust series of fixtures as part of it. And I know that competition is remembered quite fondly by lots of people for lots of different reasons, probably. But I mean, yeah, as, as Gareth mentioned, Mark, will it have that same sort of um, excitement factor that, that it perhaps had when it, you first introduced it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's got that differential in the sense of the, the, the auction as such, the draft. You know, so you've got club mates playing against each other in a competitive environment, like Friffy says, with the uh, pros coming in the academies, add some extra spice, some newer players that people can match themselves against. And then next, outside of that, then yeah, we want to, obviously we've got the cameras, we can put the big screens up and try and add a bit of the pizzazz that you get with the blast or whatever it might be in the UK. So yeah, um, try and put it on off-field and off-field, have um, some something different, but primarily the focus is obviously the quality of the cricket and preparing us for those games against Jersey. Um, and in terms of the the representative games, Frithi, I mean, did you have it in your mind very specifically sort of the, the calibre of opposition you wanted to, to be up against this, this summer? Um, to a point, yeah. I mean, we're trying to have a series of fixtures, you know, a third of which should really stretch us, a third of which should be very evenly matched, and a third a bit, third of them we should be kind of in a position where we could dominate, and that's ideally what you want. But you, you we're also kind of thinking we want to get to the stage where it's, you know, same time next year, chaps, that we've got those types of all of teams coming over that we know will come in year in year out because it's less administrative burden and. And there can be an element of familiarity and predictability about your fixtures. So, particularly trying to attract the armed forces here alongside MCC, you know, are really important and kind of linking up with, you know, Hampshire and Kent, who are hopefully coming with 15s and Hampshire Academy. I mean, again, it can just form part of a regular programme of fixtures that we everyone starts to know. You know, if we if one team is a bit strong or weak one year, we kind of know how to adjust it year on year, so we can all get the best programmes. And it's going to be an exciting summer for the under-19s. They've got that tournament um, in the Netherlands. Um, what about the women as well? Because that's obviously been a you know, big growth area of the sport in the last few years. But for, for Guernsey's uh, island squad, have you been able to um, get a programme together that, that gets close to, to what you're offering the men? Yeah, so they've been coming in and training sort of the same slots as the men, really. So we've had quite a flexible approach to training where people have kind of booked in in small groups. So the women have been training alongside the men. Um, 
we're going to be naming, or we are, I suppose, by virtue of having this conversation, <laughs> <laughs> naming Ben Furbrush as the head coach. So there's clarity about, you know, who's who is heading that program up. So Ben's going to do that when he's back in April. Um, and then again, same thing with their fixtures. Really, hopefully, they've got games against the RAF. Um, uh, a tour away, teams coming here. Um, we've kind of linked up quite nicely with Alderney. So Hannah's been going up there, and there's one of one lady who's going to be coming across and playing the women's team as well as sort of three or four girls that are going to be hopefully part of um, the junior program as well. So it's it, it's the same structure that we're trying to put in place for the women and for the men. It will look slightly different because of availability and numbers, but you know the same level of focus really. As Tony mentioned, we've got the under-19s to look forward to in terms of European competition. Do we have anything sort of like in the pipeline from the ICC for for our senior sides in terms of uh, tournament cricket for them? Uh, not, not tournaments. So the uh, European tournament that uh, we were looking to qualify out of from Finland last year is held in Scotland in July, which Jersey will be at, um, which is why the the T20Is we play with them will precede that. So it's useful to them there. Um, next round of that will be 24 so we'd be looking to host one of those rounds in 24 so we're talking to ICC and with the willingness to do that now um, so outside the under 19 there's no formal ICC but we will be um, entering the ECC T10 championships in Spain in the end of September October so Indy's obviously going out to the club version of that uh, next week um, we'll be playing in the county that's now uh, the, the country version of that which there's now 30 teams playing in so that's going to be quite nice to sort of round off the season with something a bit different is it possible to pick out the kind of i mean obviously the intrinsic is always you know high points or um you know focuses of the season but is there one element that you're sort of most pleased to see for no I, th I think it's just the whole thing really i mean the games against jersey it, it, if anyone struggles to get excited for those then they're probably in the wrong wrong game or certainly in the wrong island so <laughs> Um, no, I think it's just going to be a really nice experience and I'm really looking forward to kind of hopefully getting to, to the end of September and looking at what, what kind of hap what's happened and feel what, I suppose I'll have a lot more knowledge about where everyone's at. We'll know what we've done. We'll know what things we can start to add in or take away for the following years. Um, and again, you know, hopefully building towards a competition year in 2024 um, and, you know, again, getting, a, getting our global ranking up because in terms of, the, you know the senior senior island size both men and women you know moving up the rankings is one of the the key things and winning tournaments and that's that's the game really but you kind of couch that in the fact it's a domestic game it's a, largely around a participation bit and just seeing you know very simply as many people excited and playing the game whether it's a domestic level or even at senior representative level we've got as many people excited and wanting to play cricket for Guernsey that's how we'll be successful really. Jeremy Frith and Mark Latter from Guernsey Cricket speaking to us there. Um, yeah, looking forward to the cricket season, Gareth. Uh, yeah, very much so. So I mean, to, to be able to do an interview with those two sort of sat out on the benches at KG5 in February was uh, quite a novelty, really. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the return of the, the GPL, the Guernsey Premier League, where uh, uh, some visiting pros get to play alongside our, our elite players. And um, that was always a, an enjoyable and very competitive tournament to, to watch. And uh, I think the way that the fixture schedule is, certainly sort of for the men's side of things, to sort of like because of the T20 interinsular series coming sort of right in the middle of the season, 
Um, it almost helps out the fact that they can say, right, we'll plan for T T20s up till that point, and then after that, you can put those to one side and go on to the 50-over stuff. So it, uh, it's a, an exciting-looking program. It's what's needed. I mean, obviously, the, the pandemic has such a big effect, and it's just nice that the, the island players, the better players in the island, have these things now to aim for. I mean, during the pandemic, they were able to do training, and obviously we had Isle of Man come over, which was, was great to be able to sort of have that um, that bridge that corridor available to us but when it comes to sort of training with an island squad if you haven't really got anything to look forward to there's no particular carrot in front of you um, it does get a bit samey and you perhaps lose some enthusiasm for it now you've got these fixtures available and something to aim for and also another trip to Spain for the for the island side at the end of uh, at the end of the season for their own t10 tournament um, I think it will just rejuvenate um, local cricket um, after the difficulties of the pandemic. Yeah, it sounds like a great schedule. Some good, good tough cricket to get the teeth into, and then um, probably some serious bonding to be done <laughs> down in Spain at the uh, at the end of the summer. So, um, yeah, lots to look forward to there. Um, right before we finish today, let's just talk about the rally, which returns this weekend for the fifth edition. Um, it's going to be a really busy one once again over two days uh, of racing, uh, some night stages on Friday night and into a full day of action on Saturday. Um, among the names to look out for, um, we've got Ross Noah, who's back um, looking to win for a fifth year, um, a clean sweep so far for the Jersey drive, although he's not with his usual um, co-driver uh, Dominic Valanti this year. He'll be alongside Christina Holly um, uh, in the cockpit of their Ford Escort Mark II. Um, also in a Ford Escort this year will be Dale Crowsley, um, who has been the leading local driver for some years and uh, crashed out last year at Pettibo. Um, so back with a new vehicle this year, I'm sure with the, the same desire though um, to uh, get as close to the top uh, as he can. Um, so it's going to be great to, to see how it goes. Um, I'll be out filming uh, for the couple of days. Um, so look out for plenty of coverage on social media. Um, that video coverage brought to you in association with Forest Road Garage. So our thanks to them. Um, ahead of the event though, I wanted to catch up with um, the driver who topped the local standings last year, um, Craig Robert um, alongside Chris Gill. Um, they were the top local drivers in the 2022 edition as the rally returned after the pandemic. It was a fantastic year for them, but can they do it again this year? Uh, I caught up with Craig to find out about that and his thoughts on the rally in general. My first rally was in 2015. Um, I did the Jersey rally. Um, uh, I mean, I got into it because my... Um, my uncle has done it for, for years and years and um, my brother my brother started to do it so we found um, or a car came up that I liked and I just you know I just thought why not I'm just gonna give it a go um, and yeah it's a bit of a bug really once you've once you've done the first one it's just it's absolutely brilliant and the amount of um, you know the amount of time you get driving um, driving in the car it's just crazy compared to you know like a hill climb what we what we'd get over here so yeah once you've done one you just think oh this is brilliant and you just want to do you know more and more um so yeah, that that's where it's gone and you know then obviously guernsey rally and did that one in 2018 um which is nice to have it at home so yeah it's, it's i don't know how many i've done now it's got to be getting close to 10 rallies i would have thought yeah um but yeah i'm absolutely loving it the guernsey rally coming along you know after you started how much has that help you well, how much it motivated you i guess uh, you know, to be sort of part of the sport and keep going is it is it a big part of why you do it yeah i mean i, I would say so i mean it, it is it's nice especially when you go over to jersey and you don't 
you don't really know the roads and you're um, kind of completely green to what, what there is, you know, you, you always go over there and try and do your best, but you kind of always know that you don't have that that sort of local knowledge and it, it certainly can help. And so having that over here is it certainly is a bit of a boost. Um, I mean, it doesn't make it any easier. I mean, it's still... Um, you know, it still is a, a real challenge to um, to try and be competitive with with everyone that's around. But yeah, I think that just that just that being local and and it being on your doorstep is quite nice. It's kind of weird waking up in the morning in your own bed, not in a hotel room, <laughs> and going out and uh, and doing the rally. But um, that, that's only because you know the first ones that I've done have always been away. So that's kind of what you expect when you you put that to a, to a rally when you sort of get going. Yeah, and you had a really good run out last year. Um, I think you were saying before, probably you have some best performance. Um, talk us through that, what it meant to you and, and, and kind of how you hope to measure up this time around. Um, yeah, I mean, last year it was, um, I, I was surprised at, at what we did really. Um, and the, especially the first night stages were just, um, just suited suited the car down to the ground, nice fast flowing, and you know, and I just enjoyed every minute of the of the night stages last year, which just put us in a in a decent position. And then we just tried um, to just sort of keep going and saw how it went. But I mean, I never never thought I'd have gone um, that well. Um, so yeah, to get anywhere near that this year is going to be uh, you know a real 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 task, and especially with the amount of people. Um, you know, there's just a massive group of us, which could be, you know, the results could be the other way around. I mean, you know, I could be, you know, com completely way off the pace from where it is. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it does depend. I mean, sometimes you seem to, I think you kind of wake up and you're in a, in a good mood and it all just sort of seems to work. Um, and if it's like that, then you have a, a really good event or, you know, sometimes, I mean, you, you can just be fighting all the time. You know, you can have problems with a car and, you know, it's, at the end of the day it's an endurance event and you know you you have to everything has to go right for you to to get a decent result which is you know what happened last year um so yeah i don't know we'll have to see how it goes i don't know you've had a look at the stage maps do they play into your hands this year or is it going to be more of a challenge uh i would i would say it's probably going to be a bit trickier i think um there's there's a lot more sort of stop start corners which I, traditionally i haven't favored um, so I'm not I'm not expecting it to be quite the same as last year. Last year there was certainly I feel like there was more fast flow and stuff. So I think that I'm going to have to sort of really work at my um, at my sort of little gremlins to try and do something to get you know anywhere like I did last year. But um, yeah, I, I still think the stages are really really good, and I'm sure that we'll have an absolute blast and really enjoy it who should we be looking out for who should spectators be be looking out for apart from yourselves um yeah who are the ones to watch um well i mean i'm i'm sure um i mean i'm sure ross and Noah and um jeremy are going to put up a decent fight um but then again dale's got a decent car now um well not say he didn't have a decent car before but you know he has got um machinery which is on par with what um, what the guys from Jersey have got, so I'm sure he's going to be, um, you know, mega quick. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see how he um, how he goes with that, really. Fantastic. And what about for spectators uh, having looked at the, the stage maps? Um, where are the best places? Do you think are going to be to watch um, watch the action? 
I mean, I, th- I think um, Saturday Saturday afternoon, private stage, um, there's there's a decent spectator area there. Um, there's a nice chicane and there's going to be a nice fast flowing corner um, after it. So I'm sure that'll be um, quite interesting. And then I think the same, there's a decent hairpin. Um, well, they, then again, that's Saturday afternoon as well, actually. Um, I can't remember what the stage is, but anyway, the other stage, I know there's a decent, nice open hairpin there. So I'm sure... Um, especially some of the escorts, the rear-wheel drive stuff is going to look pretty spectacular through there. Um, yeah, so I think well, those are the two that stick in my head, but I mean, I'm sure there's going to be loads of epic places to watch, really. Yeah, brilliant. And just finally, I mean, in terms of the rally as a whole, obviously, the, you know, in the build-up, a lot of work goes into making sure everyone's happy around the course and stuff and, uh, you know, and all the residents that are potentially going to be affected. There are always complaints and, you know, was, a bit was made of it last year. But for you guys, um, yeah, as kind of people are passionate about the sport, how much does it mean to you to be able to do this here? I mean, how important is it to get the event on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is. I think I think it's a really, really, really good event. Um, you know, I thoroughly enjoy it, and you do see the amount of um, competitors that come over from away as well. Um, and you only hear good reviews, and there is a, certainly a lot of um, a lot of spectators um, who are out there. You know, you get to see it when you're driving the stages. How many people are just are out watching? Um, so it does seem to be a, a decent community that get together. And I mean, just the sheer amount of um, you know marshals and officials that have to um, cover the event you know it's unbelievable how many people um actually give their time up to allow um allow us to do a sport which we love you know and um you know obviously the residents as well it's brilliant that that they do um sort of allow us to to go past the houses and you can't um you can't even pick out a certain um sort of you know type of people because i mean you know you see you see some um some older people who you think would give you grief um and they think it's absolutely brilliant you know so um there's people having barbecues in february which is pretty pretty <laughs> impressive and you know um it, you know it is always nice to hear the, the the warming side to it where you see people are enjoying it because it's not all um you know it's not all bad and and i think some some people even are skeptical at the start and once the events happened they realize sort of how well it's run and and you know that it's not as bad as what some people might think um uh, and yeah, like I say, you'll see a lot of um, you'll see a lot of people smiling at the end of the day once they've had a load of fun. Guernsey driver Craig Roberts speaking to me there. Uh, good luck to him and good luck to all of the drivers taking part in the rally this weekend. As I say, I'll be out um, uh, with my camera over the course of the weekend, so look out for plenty of um, video coverage across our social channels at GSY Press Sport. Um, it's the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And there'll be a full write-up next week, I'm sure, from Jamie Ingle in the pages of the Guernsey Press. Um, Gareth, where are you going to be this weekend? I'll be at a football game, whether it might be GFC, it might be the big uh, Grand Fort Road derby between Valrec and North, which will go a long way to deciding, well, have a big say in the in the title race in the Premier Leagues. And so it's uh, it's going to be a football day for me. I've just uh, got to decide which one I want to go to. Oh, we'll see where you end up. Um, we'll be back on Monday with a football podcast. Um, so keep your ears peeled for that. And of course, pick up a Guernsey Press six days a week for the very best local sports coverage. Um, that's all from us for now. See you next week. Cheers, Tony.